Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products, using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. How's it going, folks? Welcome to Got Your Back on this Thursday eve. Is it Thursday? What day is it? That was a terrible start. It is Thursday. Boy, the days are all just blending into one another, aren't they? We are live streaming tonight on YouTube and on Twitter. Jason Strudwick and Rob Brown both standing by to chat about pretty good run here for the Edmonton Oilers. And Stuart Skinner, did you hear his comments today? Some very zen, interesting stuff. From the Oiler Netminder, we're going to dive into that. As always, Got Your Back, brought to you by Sherwood Buick GMC. They want to thank you for your support through 2023. Because of you, they were the number one GMC volume dealership in the country. Pretty cool. They want to wish you all a very happy new year. Oh, is it too late to do that? Hmm. Might have to talk about that one tonight. Visit Phil and the crew in Sherwood Park or online at www gmcpod.com fantastic stock on new and used vehicles all your vehicle needs it will take great care of you and coming to you as always from our sherwood park long shot studios did you know they're available for corporate events there's so much more they're track man simulators great food great atmosphere great place to watch the game that is long shots good evening gentlemen uh we're gonna save the debate on whether we can be saying Happy New Year or not. Because, Struds, I don't know which way you're going to go with it, but I know you're passionate about it, and it will be Struds World tonight, will it not? <laughs> oh, it's on. It is on, my old friend. It's got to be... Someone's okay. got to draw the line in the sand. Okay. We don't want to hear anything else. But, I mean, Happy New Year to you gentlemen. Thank you for joining us on the podcast tonight. Um, I did a... Uh, I went and did an escape room tonight. You guys spent any time uh, in the shreds? You guys done that? Yep, I, I've done it. it a few times. My son, my son loves them, and uh, we've done it as a family three or four times. Yeah, you know, something like that. And if my son wasn't there, my wife and I weren't getting out. So thank God my son was with us because some of the clues we had no idea what we were doing. But they are fun. It was it was a pretty cool experience. It's a, it's a cool uh, family or friend get together type of thing. Shreddy. Yeah, I love it. We've done it a few times. I love it. I think it's great. I've done it with my family and then with friends. And you get quite competitive. I, I'm not the most competitive guy anymore. But you're I in there working together. Out. What do you mean you get competitive? Well, just like to get it done, right? Just to get it done. And then, uh, okay. yeah, you just, I don't know. I'm not I'm not that guy that has to be to get out. I'll spend the night in here, whatever. I'll hang <laughs> out. Zuby, Zuby, have you done these before too, buddy? The uh, the escape rooms? Yeah, I did one when I was still living in Vancouver. That was, it was pretty cool. It was like a a heist thing it was like a you had, yeah. to, you had to heist this thing from a some some rich dude's office interesting so this is what i find interesting about them i think you learn a lot about people when you get into that environment in an escape room and a debate that we often have in our house is if the apocalypse happened right full-on the walking dead zombies outside the whole drill if that were reality 
what role would you play within the community? Who would you be? Would you be one of the one that dies in the first few episodes or are you someone that makes it all the way through? Are you a leader, a follower? You know, what is your role? And I think that an escape room is an a is a perfect microcosm where you get a glimpse into who people would be in an apocalypse. Well, the, the Brown family, we would be the first people dead in an apocalypse. <laughs> it would be it would be done. Oh, we'd be like three hours into it. We give up. My daughter is so loud. If you have to be quiet, there's zero chance. So we would just give up quickly and uh, just go say goodbye to all their neighbors, hand out all our food, give them all our stuff and say, all right, the Browns are out. Peace out. <laughs> If there was an apocalypse, I'd want you on my group because I know that I'd die first. <laughs> but it would would it be the zombies that got me, or would my teammates uh, turn on me? No, no, no. The zombies between the gout, the bad back, you know, your, your fatigue from the elliptical workouts, like you would have lasted a week. Okay, let's assign roles here. Let's assign roles, Struds. You would probably be. I'm thinking security in some way, shape, or form. Like you would, you would take on a role of keeping people a little bit safe, wouldn't you? You think? Yeah, I think I think that was yeah, it'd be natural. I think that, and uh, you know, just maybe uh, a raconteur of uh, stories to keep people mm -hmm. uh, feeling okay about themselves. Mm -hmm. Keep morale up. <laughs> yeah, Zuby pop in morale. Yeah, Brownie, Brownie, what do you think? Like, what would your role be in the group, Brownie? Would you oh, be God. you'd be like a gatherer? Would you be the gatherer oh, of weeds and such? Well. I would be befriending a lot of the people that I know that are smarter than us, that have <laughs> provisions, that have tactical maneuvers to get us to safety. Right. But seriously, our, our family, we already know. The Browns have already talked about it many times. We are the first family on the street. Done. Done. Hmm. We might just blow ourselves up just to <laughs> save the zombies the trip. It's done. Really? The Browns aren't surviving nothing. Zuby, but we, we'll, we'll have a party and go out and have fun. Zuby, what do you think? Like, who would you be? in that group would you i'm not i don't know if i can make a walking dead comparison i think i'd be kind of like a mcgruber type like i think i'd be a great leader but you you great shouldn't show. necessarily follow me <laughs> a great leader i'm very uh, i'm gonna be a confident Zuby? leader but it may just suddenly explode <laughs> zuby's comparing himself to winston churchill tonight that's quite, yeah. the, quite the way to kick off the pod yeah that's something <laughs> that is something so i'm almost afraid to ask shreds because the answer is the first one dead but I mean, I mean, who who do you guys think I would be in that situation? You know me as a great leader on this podcast. You know me as the one that is, you know, like the tip of the spear, head of the charge guy, right? Displaying great leadership qualities. I mean, yeah. I feel like I would probably be in contention to lead the group. Stress. I must. I did I miss those podcasts? Yeah. I came in late after he displayed all of those things. <laughs> Is it make believe tonight? <laughs> I'd like to think of myself as that guy. You know, I just, yeah. I got. That. We would just continue to do our podcast. We'd just be. That's yeah. what we do. Like the, the whole world would be falling apart, and we'd just be right. sitting in our basements doing our podcasts. Oh, Little zombies boy. walking behind us. That's how JL's, I want to go out. I hope that's how we all go down. Yeah. JL says Struds will be feeding zombies chicken wings as a distraction. <laughs> if there was an apocalypse, just the old would, ones. <laughs> uh, if there was an apocalypse, would Shogger save his gel pad, bike seat, and helmet? Yes. <laughs> would need that at all times. Struddy glue guy. So Dr. Gonzo yeah. says you would be the glue guy. Always an interesting topic, but we'll have let's go do an escape room together, guys. Team building. Sorry. Got your pay. Connection. Huh? I lost connection. What'd you say? 
Tomorrow night, bud. <laughs> You're Friday night. We're gonna do an escape. Sorry, uh, I'm losing you guys. I, I got, got you. Am I? No. I'll, let me log out. I'll log back in. <laughs> Brownie, you, you don't have to. Brownie, you want to hang out? <laughs> what? On, what? I speak in Anglais. Yeah. Hmm? Well, in Zuby, you're in Kelowna. So, yeah. Does anybody on the stream want to go Who's do it? A... <laughs> well, let's get to the breakdown then, since we're not really truly going to be friends. Brought to you by Mr. Dirk, the iconic men's clothing store here at Edmonton, founded in 1939. If you've never been, you got to check it out. I was there the other day, took a good buddy in there for the first time. He had never been, and he was blown away. They got some great Boxing Week sales going on right now. I know we're kind of past that, but still got lots on the sale rack. But as always, fantastic high-quality clothes, right? They've got the more casual stuff on one side uh, for your day-to-day. Then they got all kinds of wonderful suits and high-end name brands and all sorts of great stuff. They can do customs. Just a really nice shop. And when I took my, uh, my buddy Wayne there yesterday, uh, he found himself a couple of things, and I think he'll be going back. So if you need clothes, definitely go check out Mr. Dirk. Um, okay, guys, a couple of bits of uh, business. I mean, the skills competition was tonight, so let's we'll gloss over just a couple of details. Uh, we had Cody Cece, hardest shot, 102.9. Wow. Ryan Nugent Hopkins won the accuracy shooting. Fastest skater, 40.5 kilometers an hour, Ryan McLeod. Now, I wasn't there and I didn't watch. I was doing an escape room. I, do we know if McDavid took part? I would assume he did. I just looked quickly on the uh, the Oilers uh, Twitter account, and I just saw it. I, I didn't. I, yeah. you know, and I, I got as excited for uh, team skills competition <laughs> as I do for spring cleaning, right? Yes. Or I was going to ask this. Tree. It it is up there at the very bottom of my things. I'm interested. Even when I was playing, I didn't like do it. I know people want to see me put on a show, but I did not like being a part of it at all. That's that's because you've never been invited to a skills contest. They don't have off the glass and isn't out. this stunning? They don't Rally, have that. that <laughs> didn't love the skills competition. Like what? There's other skills. I threw my gloves down. Fun. Gloves are down. Gloves are down. How hard can you cross check someone from behind? That's a skill set. How many times it can you slash? How many times can you slash somebody before the ref sees you do it? Like these are skills <laughs> yes. that aren't appreciated by the general public. Yeah, actually, you know what? I call bull. I think the general public would love to see a skills competition oh, where that's part of it. Twenty percent. <laughs> Let's put that to the folks on the Weiss Johnson stream. Uh, best skills for Struddy to take part in in a skills competition. Any suggestions that you have? And we'll do some of those in our Ask Us Anything segment. Brownie, uh, were you were you a stud on skills night? No, well, when I, I I actually got to play in one All Star game, an NHL All Star game, but we yep. didn't have skills because it was so long ago. But I played <laughs> once in the minors in Grand Rapids. They had a, and I was actually hurt, but they asked me to come and be part of the skills contest. And it was I was doing accurate shooting, so I went out there and I went top right, my first shot, and I hit left, bottom left, and then I hit the next nine shots did not get off the ice. And I was on the Grand Rapids. I was I think I was on the West team. Grand Rapids fans were booing me. I was getting booed in a skill competition, and I was, like, sweating. I didn't understand what was going wrong. I, I couldn't get the puck off the ice, and I went to the bench, and Lenny Berry, Tyson Berry's father, was killing himself laughing on the bench. I had, used to have an aluminum stick with the wooden blades. They had sawed all the way through just so that oh, it would stay geez. in there. So every time I took a shot, my stick would completely flex, but I couldn't get the puck off the ice, and I had no idea. And I was so embarrassed. The whole team's <laughs> killing themselves laughing. The whole fans are all booing me. So that was my big uh, opportunity to go in a skills competition. It didn't end well for me. 
Nice. Well, you know what? I think it's a great night for the kids. I think seeing their stars mm -hmm. up close and doing that kind yeah. of stuff is cool. And I think that's what it's about. It's about the fan base and about the kids. So we won't crap on it too much. It is what it is and good for the players for taking part. We will move right along. Um, let's talk about Dylan Holloway quick here, gentlemen. Uh, close to returning, been assigned to the American Hockey League. He's going to get a look down there. Now, it was interesting when he got hurt, Struds, because he was getting a little bit of momentum in his game, right? He was just just starting to feel it a little bit. And as we know, it was a bit of a, a struggle under Jay Woodcroft to get the opportunity. And uh, it looked like it was turning, and he, and he got hurt. And so now he's out of the lineup for a while. The team starts winning, and he's going to have to start in the American Hockey League. We'll hear from Chris Knobloch in a minute about it, Struds. But your thoughts on the decision to, rather than implement him into a winning lineup here and try and get him going that way, to get him some games in the A. Well, where does he fit in here right now, right? Everyone's kind of doing what they do, and the team's winning. And I, I do think it is important to reward winning. Now, if this guy was 400 games deep into his career, you find him at home. Yes. But he, he hasn't point. started yet. He's just kind of finding his way, um, and he's still learning who he is as a player. So I think playing massive minutes in the minors makes sense uh, for him and, and the Oilers right now, Brownie. Well, and also when you talk about 400 games, a guy that's played four, 400, 500, 600 games, they don't miss a beat when they're out for a little bit and come back in yeah. because they've done it before. Yeah. Everyone at that point has gone through an injury and come back from an injury, knows how to expect, what to expect. Uh, he's a young kid still trying to find his way in the NHL, go down to the minors, play a lot, uh, get the, the game hands, the game brain going so when he comes up, he can make a positive impact because that's the biggest thing for him. When he gets into the game, he's got to be positive on the ice. It's got to be... Uh, he, he can't be, when he's on the ice, there's a letdown. So they want to make sure that he's completely ready. And the best part for the others now, they're playing well. They don't have to inject him into the lineup. They can wait till he's fully ready to do it. And when he's ready, he will make this team a better team. He is better than some of the players in the lineup, and the others will be better when he's in the lineup. I like what this signals. I like this, right? Philip Broberg, American Hockey League, playing big minutes down there. If and when the Oilers have an injury, he will be ready. He will come mm -hmm. up and he will be positioned to succeed because he'll come up with game confidence. Dylan Holloway, this team is winning. This is one of one of the, if not the, best teams in the NHL in this moment. So to suddenly come off an injury and get dumped into that lineup with those standards, not realistic. They're not afraid. They sent him down. Go get some games in. The standard is higher here. They prioritize what's best for him as opposed to what he might want, right? Chris Knobloch admitted he's not happy to be going and doing this. I like what this signals. These two moves, to me, signal a change in thought on how you handle two of your most important prospects. I really want to play a, a clip from Chris Knobloch here, guys, but I've made a mistake. I have four clips in my sound box here, and I have no idea what's what. Didn't label anything. <laughs> so... I may get this completely wrong two or three times, so bear with me until I find the right one. Chris Knobloch on part part of his answer on Dylan Holloway. Cheering for the orders, and it's a dream. That's not it. Uh, X is big, like we. That's Stu Skinner. When you hit that adversity, that's Matthias Ekholm. I picked the first three completely wrong. Right. Here's Chris Knobloch. But we we need to play better. We need to get better. Everyone around the NHL is always striving to get better, and if we are stagnant and not pushing ourselves to get better, then we're, we're going to fall behind. And I think he's a player that can make us better. And um, I think this is um, 
you know, obviously he's upset or doesn't want to play there. Any player wants to stay in the NHL and contribute right away. But um, I think it's it's best for him, and I think it's best for us. A head coach, Struds, that is not getting complacent wants for his team to push the envelope even when they're winning, and you don't do that by bringing fresh bodies in right off of injury. What do you make of that answer? Well, I think we, you do. You can bring in fresh bodies if they're veterans, right? This guy, he doesn't know what he is yet and doesn't know how to fit in. Um, so I think that there's a little bit of difference there. But what I like about, you know, Knobloch, it's funny. You know, he's he's very calm, but he has a plan. And I think we've seen that with, with different things he's done, whether it's with player personnel decisions about lineup combinations, goalie usage. You know, he, he doesn't talk a big game. And, not, and I'm not suggesting Jay did or previous guys did, but he just kind of does what he thinks is right. And, and you know, this is a really good move, I think, for everyone. So I like it. I like it what Knobloch's done. Um, and I, I like the idea of what – I've always liked the idea of what Holloway can be, and they need him. If he can find a game, especially by the end of the year, that'd be huge for them, Brownie. Well, and you, you said it at the beginning there. They don't know what they have with Holloway. Knobloch has no idea. I, I mean – uh, he may have seen a couple films of him from before, but he doesn't. Re- he has not really coached him. He hasn't seen him yeah. day Played to day. Six minutes yeah. <laughs> under him. So, so yeah. there you go. So it, it's like, okay, I'm going to put him in the lineup, but where? I think I'd like to see him in the minors for a little bit, see what kind of player he is. Every night they'll videotape the game. I'll watch the game and see what he's doing, and then I'll be able to put him in where he can have success. And as we know, you a coach's job is to get the best out of each and every player. And to do that, you got to put them in a position where they can have success. So he's going to see what, what Holloway does in the minors, see what kind of player he is. And now he's going to be able to find out which line would suit best with Holloway and which line Holloway would, be the, Holloway would help out the most. I'm still holding to a prediction that Dylan Holloway will be a top six forward on this team at some point this season. And this move right here gives me more hope that I might be right about that because he's going to be positioned to come in and hit the ground running and be given his best chance because he'll be ready when he gets his chance in the order lineup. And that might not have been the case if they would have chucked him in and maybe he would have got there anyway, but I don't mind this at all. You know, and whether he's upset or frustrated or whatever, you like that too. You want guys to be competitive and want to play. Uh, I want to get to Stuart Skinner. You guys can agree or disagree with this statement. Stuart Skinner is under more pressure than 98 or 99% of the other players in the National Hockey League. He is a starting goaltender. He's in a Canadian market, and he's in his hometown. To me, those three things combined are so unique in terms of the type of pressure that they put on a person and on a player. And when you think about the fact, Struds, that he was doing this for the first time this year, coming into a season, where the pressure was on him to actually be a starting goalie. He'd never faced that before. So what do you think? Am I overstating that? Um, I think the one piece he's missing is a massive contract where expectations are really high. Uh, his contract Good is, point. it's, you know, he's making $3 million. So it's not like he's slumming it, but it's not that number that is just a massive uh, a massive total. So I think that brings it down a little bit. So expectations are as heightened when your contract isn't quite as big. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I do think though, I, I don't think that he, cause he, and he also wasn't brought in to be the man. I think he's just kind of become the man or become the guy because of the play of Campbell, just the way he's played. So I, I don't think there's a, like, I don't, I don't perceive him if he fails, the orders fail. 
you know, he's trying to find his way in this game. So I don't see it as pressure the same as some other players that might have come in, a la Jack Campbell Brownie. Yeah, but what I'll add to go the opposite of that, Strides, is you also throw in the fact that he's the starting goaltender of a team that's expectation is to win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's high expectations. This is an Oiler team that, it, well, cup or bust. Their players have said it. Uh, last year in the playoffs, uh, Skinner was average at best in, in, in the games that he played. Uh, so I, I don't think there's a lo- as much pressure right now as Shoggy, as you said, uh, on him with 98% of the league, whatever. But that pressure will be there come day one of the first playoff game. If the first playoff game plays starts and he does not have a good game or lets in a goal that people consider soft, well, now all of a sudden he's going to have more pressure on him than any other player in the National Hockey League because this is a team with Connor. This is a team with Leon. This is a team that was built to win the Stanley Cup now. So that's when the pressure is going to be wrapped up on Stuart Skinner. Struts counter to that? Yeah, I, I could see that. I, I just don't I, – I think his way of coming in here is a little bit different. He, there was, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's kind of the only option because of the way he's played. So, you know, if he was brought in from as an outsider, I think maybe I could see that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I do agree. He does have pressure on, but I think to get up to 98% more than any other player. Yeah, that's fair. 90, I think that's maybe a little bit um, high. Yeah, totally fair. And, and both of you made great points in both directions right there. The thing that's interesting to me is that he was facing the pressure of being a starting goalie for the first time in the National Hockey League. Like, he came in last year, was kind of playing with house money. Played great and kind of grabbed it and good for him. And on a, you know, he was just kind of rocking and rolling, right? While he had a whole summer to think about, now I got to go do it again. And you're right about the contract, Judge. I think that's a great point. So it didn't go well for him in the early going. Didn't go well for a lot of players. That was a big hole for him to dig out of because the narrative around town here, guys, like the need to go find goaltender, 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 goaltender. There was so much talk about it and rightfully so. And you can imagine what that feels like for a guy, you know, and at times you hear the booze as a team and you, you know, I'm not sure he pays much attention to social media, but it gets ugly on there. So uh, I'll give Speck the credit. He asked the question to Skinner today about, you know, you grew up dreaming of playing for this team, but like, you know, what part of the dream is when things aren't going well and the chatter everywhere is about needing to find a new goalie and this and that, like what part of the dream is that? And how do you process that? And Skinner gave just a classic Stuart Skinner answer. I hope I hit the right button. Uh, X is big. Like we, we've had a nope. lot of, when you hit that adversity, nope. cheering for the orders and it's a dream to play for the orders. Yeah. Is there ever a part of that dream where the team starts two, nine and one and everyone in town is asking about the goaltending and there's a crisis. And where did that fit into the dream? Um, I mean, to be honest, that, uh, that is the dream. Uh, you know, sometimes being heckled is uh, is an incredible honor. Um, you know, there's uh, I forget who said it, but when I was really young, I think I read a quote from a goalie saying that the best job in the world is all the fans booing at you because you let in a goal, and uh, that's extremely true. Um, it's the best job I have. It's the best job I'll ever have, um, and I'm very fortunate to be heckled, to be booed. Uh, some people say I suck, and that's great. I'm, you know, I'm going to be keep on working on my game, and I get to play uh, play the game that I love to play. So, um, to that, it's it's a it's a huge privilege to to be in a position like that. Brownie, what do you think, man? Well, that's a a young man that knows who he is, and is confident in who he is, because there's a lot of players 
And we've seen it here in Edmonton where they've been destroyed by getting heckled. They've had to leave town because of whether it's the media or the fans, everything turned on them. And it was kind of a mercy trade here. We're going to get rid of you because it's not fair anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to be very confident in yourself and your abilities to say, yeah, all right, bring it on. I'm better than what uh, you think, and I'm going to prove it to you. So good on him. That's exactly what you want to hear from your goaltender. I tell you right now, they their goaltender, his head is his head is on right. Even when things weren't going right, he would come after the game because, yep, yeah, I thought actually I'm playing actually pretty good. I just a little unlucky on a little, but I'm playing pretty good. That's what that's the yeah. kind of goaltender I want, a guy that's confident in net. I think the piece we're missing, guys, is that he wasn't supposed to be doing this alone. Right, he was supposed to have Jack Campbell there beside him, mm-hmm. and I think that really makes it more pressure because, or more acute uh, pressure because there's no one else there to lift him up. Like Calvin Pickard is a great story, and I, I'm not sure you know if he can play more than he is playing now, but I do know Campbell is supposed to be there competing with him for starts, and he's not even in the NHL right now. So I think that's a part of this equation that we're forgetting. He wasn't supposed to be fighting this fight solo. Uh, yeah, and you know. He's a Zen guy. He he t- you know, talks a lot about the different books that he reads, and you know he's a deep thinker and he's very self aware. You know he's a guy that'll stand there after which game was it, guys, where he said I cost the team this game, like cost the team this. It was a Washington. Yeah. Or, tr- no, it wasn't. I'm trying to remember no, which it was one on it was. Florida, Florida, Tampa. It was Tampa. yeah, Tampa. I think he just Tampa. stood there and owned it. Right, like that was yeah. on me. He's he's. It's interesting the way he's handled this. The other thing too, remember is is you know, the starting job was kind of his. And Jack Campbell started the first game of the year. He was out-dueled in, in exhibition season, mm-hmm. too. So that was the start of it for him. He's done a really good job of putting his game back in place, bottom mm-hmm. line. And I think it takes different stuff to be successful, first of all, as a goalie, second of all, in a Canadian market, and third of all, to be doing it at home and where there's a different type of pressure. Uh, pretty impressive to me what Stuart Skinner's been able to do here in yeah. turning things around. Yeah, I know he's, been he's been really good. Now, where are we going to put that? that amazing exhibition series by Jack Campbell. We hide it beside the Perlini exhibition series, the Tyratty <laughs> exhibition series, the Esapoliarvi exhibition series, because who is the really good-looking guy who said that exhibition shouldn't matter and Skinner should start game one? I don't. There's only one good-looking guy in this podcast. Well, there's two, Zuby and I. <laughs> Struds, would you agree it's important to start the goalie who you believe gives you the best chance to win in your first game of the regular season. Can we agree with that? It, you know, Skinner, well, we're not going to, I'm not rehashing no. this whole argument. No, I'm what I'm saying this. is he had the no. signal sent to him from game one. That's not you right now. And I think that was a, that was the first of a few like, whoa, that was a tough way to start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So everything I did last year didn't matter. And now it's like if someone had a podcast and was on there for three years. Then you bring in Ray Ferraro, and you don't even introduce the guy who's been slogging it out night in, night out, one o'clock in the morning. Oh, Ray's here. Let's get really it. Bad. Let's get that short mic so he can reach it. That was really bad. It was very rude of me. I, I, I can't even defend myself. I literally ignored Strud's for the first six minutes because we had Ray Ferraro on. I just acted like you weren't even there. Zuby's uh, mom stuff. was pissed, I'll have you know. She, <laughs> she was sent mad. Me a personal text. Uh, more <laughs> question about Stuart Skinner coming up. You know what I'm going to do tonight, Struds? I'm going to give you a little bit of extra love, and I'm going to say that your appearance, Jason Strudwick's appearance on oh, the boy. podcast tonight, is Damages brought to you time. by our good friends over at Kinprint. If you're a new company, see how Kinprint can help you with logo design and branding. 
There you go, Brownie. You've got it. Visit kinprint.ca. Tons more ahead on the podcast. Short break here. Say goodbye to unruly hair and hello to a smooth and silky back in minutes with Backscape. Shave your back solo with no mess with Backscape's water-resistant long handle and patented six-blade design, leaving you with a no-mess shaving experience all in less than five minutes. Shop now for 40% off select kits just for you, our Got Your Back listeners. Use promo code GYBPOD on checkouts and make 2024 your year to elevate your grooming routine. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park in Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a Z.ca. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Just ask Shogger. Pathfind is here to help you find your next star player to help take your business to the next level. Pathfind can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They truly have your whole team covered. Building you a championship caliber roster, find your team's path forward at pathfind.ca. All right, let's get the takeaways brought to you by Redefined Health, where they specialize in total body and mind wellness from chiropractic and massage care treatments to acupuncture, soft tissue therapy, nutrition, and even an on-site registered psychologist. Redefined Health is there to help you get well and stay healthy for a lifetime. Visit redefinedhealth.com. Going back to the Stuart Skinner topic today, guys, uh, had some he had some really interesting comments. He and Matthias Ekholm, um, both talked about their relationship a little bit and how when things go the wrong way, different people do different things, different people lean on different people to try and get themselves out of it. And Matthias Ekholm is somebody that Stuart Skinner really leaned on, guys. I'm going to ask you in a minute here about maybe times in your career where things weren't going great and who you guys leaned on. But a small detail like travel partner out to the airport, right? Skinner and Ekholm live close together. They drive together out to the airport. It's literally given them hours together in the car to talk about stuff. And they've developed a really close relationship. They now sit on the plane together too. And Skinner talked about how big Matthias Ekholm has been um, for him to help him get through that. And I find those relationships and those dynamics pretty interesting. So here is Matthias Ekholm on what he's seen and heard from Stuart Skinner. When you hit when you hit that adversity, that's kind of where you show what you're made of kind of thing. Like it's, it's been a lot of guys over the years that just fold and then you never kind of see them again. And, uh, he's shown everybody the exact opposite. And, uh, extra skinner. Like we, we've had a lot of car rides together, um, cause we live, uh, live pretty close to each other. So we've had a lot of, you know, 30 minute talks on the way to the airport. Um, we, uh, we 
we've sat together on the airplane for for uh, for a while now. Um, so he's he's been really big for me, just being able to talk to somebody. And he's uh, he's obviously been through a lot of seasons, uh, especially with Nashville. He's been able to go to the finals. He's had t- uh, had uh, seasons where they haven't made the playoffs. So he has a lot of experience. So just to pick his brain on things like that has been uh, really helpful for myself. What I'm driving at here, guys, is the the role that teammates can play in helping one another and how friendships that develop can help. Struds, I imagine you have some similar experiences. I do, yeah. It's a little bit, it's a very, it's a, a little bit different. Uh, I was playing uh, for the Vancouver Canucks and I there was a guy named Donald Brashear who was our real fighter. I was like the second guy, which I was happy to be. But we rolled into St. Louis one day and uh, we're playing the Blues and this guy wants to fight me. I never heard of him. Reed Lowe. Didn't realize he was actually pretty tough. Well, he proceeds to just give me a beating. Like, did it like, like destroy me? But I just couldn't. It, I went into it pretty casual, feeling good about myself, and I couldn't. I couldn't get started. And he just for about thirty seconds, I just stood in there, and he just kind of beat me up. So it was at the end of the period. I go into the the dressing room, and I'm pissed. I'm mad. I'm embarrassed, and I'm kind of just sour, right? And I'm throwing things around. The other team, our team, comes in, and this guy Harold Drukin walks by me. He goes, "Man, your nose looks like a baked potato." And so I just lose. <laughs> it. I'm just mad. So I go into the bathroom, just throwing stuff and snap. And all of a sudden, I feel these huge men just grab me and spin me around. And he looks at me. He's like, "What the hell?" And he bash. He's got an accent. What the hell are you doing? I'm like, "I'm pissed off. I lost." He's like, "You don't ever show that you're upset." He goes, "What do you?" those guys over there feel if you're mad or scared what will happen out there you never show you're scared now figure it out and he swore a bit more he's like and then he just walked away and i was just like oh my god so it hit me right like my job was to kind of make those other guys feel good so if i was upset they would get upset as well and i never showed it again right that was probably within the first 100 games of my career i walked back in there and with my baked potato nose and uh i i just kind of calmed down and uh, I, after that, I never showed any emotion uh, after a loss. And there were some losses in there for sure. That's fantastic. That's such a great story. Um, Struds, can I share with you that uh, I, I fought Reed Lowen Jr.? Oh, did you? Oh, I wow. did. How'd it go? I think, well, I don't want to put this <laughs> the wrong way because, I mean, you'd take me apart seven days a week. But it doesn't sound like it went as bad as it went with you. <laughs> Maybe that night, <laughs> my nose was not a baked potato. After, yeah, uh, I was a le- I was a lefty, and I think it caught him a little bit by surprise. And I was able to hang on and make it look okay, so I survived. He definitely won the fight, but I <clears throat> there were no baked potato noses afterwards. One of the one of the fights I had, I didn't have a lot, but one of Love them it. I did. No idea who he was. Had no clue who he was when I fought him. Yeah, me neither. Makes us two of us. Yeah, <laughs> Brownie, how about you, buddy? Um, oh, it's funny when you, you said that we we're going to talk about this tonight, your teammates pulling you up the worst day of my life. I, we were in Detroit. We just had the, we just been on the ice before the game starts. You have our warm up, come off for 20 minutes, go back out. So we just had the warm up. We're sitting in the dressing room, ready to go. Phone rings in the dressing room and it was in Joe Lewis arena. And normally when the phone rings, that means, you know, there's a trade or it's coming from the press box and we're all like joking around. Oh, who got traded, who got traded, and all of a sudden, uh, the trainer stuck his head and looked at me and was quite upset, said, come on in here. So I take the phone, and it was Craig, Craig Patrick, and hmm. he said that uh, your sister's been in a car crash. You need to call home. So I walked out. This is before cell phones. So I walked out in the hallway, and Joe Louis Arena, and if you turn to the left from the dressing room, there's a pay phone. So I had to go home, go on the pay phone, call, collect, called my wife. 
and talked to her and found out that my sister had been in a crash and wasn't going to turn out well. And I was in, I was breaking down. Like I did not know if I could stand up any longer. And I turned around and as the guys that were getting ready to go out in the ice, they lined up in the hallway and one by one, each guy came up and gave me a hug and turned around and went on the ice, all 20 guys. And I honest to God, I don't know if I would have survived if they had not done that. I was standing on a, on a payphone in the middle of an arena, full equipment on, talking to my wife, learning about my sister. And 20 guys just walked down there and gave me a hug. So talk, that was wow. when teammates held me up. Amazing. Holy smokes. That's talk about I got your backstory, man. That's wow. That's something else. Huh? Yeah. I wish I had one where I got beat up like Struddy did, but no, this is this instead. Sorry. About <laughs> yeah. 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 Man. Wow, Brownie. That thanks for sharing that, buddy. That's yeah, yeah that's, that's it's interesting, Struds. Like you, you have different level of friendships with different teammates as you come and go from different teams over the years. But like any walk of life, there's some pretty deep ones that develop in that time hey like it's some pretty deep friendships that last yeah there are but i mean it's a fraternity right so even mm -hmm. if you're you know any given year let's say 800 players playing the nhl or whatever the number is there's not that many so you know with on your within your team there's just you know not that many and there's like a core 24 or 23 22 that are kind of with you most of the year and if you're there for a few years even if he's not your best friend you still have you know you've, you're all going through similar things right you're having to travel around you're moving away from home living somewhere different um you know ups and downs of a season the way the coach treats you or the group and so there's some very common bonds that are are shared just because of the fact you're all going through the same thing you know for the most part even the, that the best even Connor mcdavid can relate to the to the guy who's you know playing 10 minutes a night because it's a game right you're all kind of going through the same thing so i think that's what makes hockey and, and sports so special well and stress too it's 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 almost you're part of a club and I, I never played with struds, never play. Well, Fernando Pye here in, in, in St. Albert, we see him. But you played in the same fraternity. So you run into these guys and every, it's almost like you know who's played. And you all walk in the press box, never played against him. You go and go to talk to him and you just share this bond, something that you guys mm -hmm. have accomplished together. And it's just, I don't know, it's almost you got the secret handshake with some guy that's also done it. So I've run into all kinds of guys at these events that we played at that I've never met before yet you'll sit and talk to them for hours yeah. <laughs> and just tell silly yeah. stories and get drunk together and it's it's at the end of the night it's like that guy must have been my best friend for for 30 years yet I've only <laughs> met him two and a half hours ago and the chirps hey no matter how long it's been the chirps <laughs> I, we were down uh waiting for the Philadelphia Flyers room to open and Sam Gagne walked up and he knows a few of the guys there and I'm not sure who it was but he hadn't clearly hadn't seen him in a while Went over, gave him a big hug, stepped back and said, take that helmet off and let me see that hairline. Like it was just <laughs> the first thing that he said to him after seeing him. The chirps are timeless and it's what bonds them, bonds them all together. Uh, appreciate the shares, guys. That was really great. Bran Brownie, lots of love on the stream for you, buddy. 100%. Many comments and hearts coming in for you for sharing that story. We love it, buddy. Thank you. Uh, that was Takeaways brought to you by Redefined Health. My bad, we forgot to do our relentless player in the first segment. So we want to get to that. Brought to you by UCAN Youth Services. And Edmonton Char Charity dedicated to helping young people move out of harm's way and back into school or into the workforce. Your donations go directly to helping their, build, uh, their youth build lives that they can be proud of. UCAN is relentless in supporting youth find success and economic independence 
Check out youcan.ca to see how your donations can change lives right here in our community. Got your back as a monthly donor and proud to be. Struds, we didn't have a game tonight, but on these nights, we can talk in generalities who to you has displayed those relentless characteristics lately. Well, I'm actually going to go away from the orders, guys. Uh, and I like I can't, it. You know, I'm going to bring this up. This is a player I never would have thought I'd brought up uh, you know, a few years ago. Um, but this guy, he, he's on a team that is trying to wake their way out of kind of obscurity into the playoffs. I think we expect him to be better this year. But he's been pretty consistent the last two years and the same thing this year. The Sabres played the Habs tonight, won 6-1, and Jeff Skinner had a goal and three assists. Yes. And I, I'm not saying he's the savior. But he's been pretty consistent, especially when he signed that massive contract. And he took a lot of heat. Now, I have, for one, and probably Brownie, too, would have loved to have told, been told that we had terrible contracts. I would have been <laughs> thrilled doing skipping around, what? You think I got a bad contract? That must mean it's a big one. But that being said, um, you know, this this guy, this year he's got 16 goals in about 36 games. So he's on track to get to his 30 to 40 goals again. Uh, and for the salary he's making, that's a pretty decent. So I'll, I'll give it to Jeff Skinner of the Buffalo Sabres, which, again, a few years ago, I never would have thought I'd be handing out to him tonight. Great stuff. That was our relentless player of the day, brought to you by UCAN Youth Services. When we come back, everybody's favorite segment, let's talk a little New Year's greetings, shall we? <laughs> Strutty's World, coming up. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. The Edmonton Sport and Social Club spring season is set to go in May and registration is just around the corner. Team up with your pals to play in slow pitch, beach volleyball, outdoor soccer, ultimate frisbee, and even cornhole leagues to keep the spring months full of excitement. Spring leagues begin in May. Registration opens on February 8th. Visit edmontonsportsclub.com for more details. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here. Someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Guy look good. <laughs> All right, time for Strutty's World, brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. They got locations in Calgary and in Edmonton. If you're a contracting business or a contractor yourself, let DLR help you add vinyl fence to your product line. See why they have been going strong since 2005. Reliable, unmatched service. With high-quality North American-made products, check them out. DLRVinylProducts.ca. Awesome, maintenance-free fencing products. You don't have to sand. You don't have to stain. You don't have to paint. They go in once, and they look great for, well, pretty much a lifetime. Okay, Strads, I've been waiting to hear this one from you. I had a buddy today. I had a conversation with him on the phone. He called me. I answered with, Happy New Year, pal. Happy New Year. January fourth study yeah sounds like you're proud of the prom shogger so let, let's let's get to, to get to it here how long should we all accept acknowledging that it's happy new year and continue to mention that in our conversations and our greetings um after uh halloween three days later we still consider to say hey happy halloween pardon me it's over it's been over for three days don't want to bring it on 
Valentine's Day to continue to wish your wife happy Valentine's Day. Maybe feeling guilty, you would, but you don't usually do it after <laughs> the day. It's over. Easter, do we keep wishing each other happy Easter uh, three, four, five, six days after done? Uh, Canada Day, after Canada Day, July 2nd, do I walk around and say, happy Canada Day, everybody? No one does that. So I think we have to find a time where we all agree we no longer bring it up. We no longer talk about it. No longer wishing each other Happy New Year. So I've heard it a ton. I've heard it a ton, lady. This is what I'm suggesting. I'm going to say today is January 4th. I'm going to give it to the 6th. So to the end of the weekend. <laughs> actually, sorry, that'd only be Saturday. So it's the 7th. So it'd be the 7th. So basically, five, six, seven days is okay. After that, when we then when the calendar turns to Monday, the alarm goes off in the morning. No more happy New Year's. Is that the standard we can all agree? Because right now. I feel like it's willy-nilly. It's a little bit all over the place, guys. It's oh. willy-nilly, Shogger. It's willy-nilly. Um, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 all the, like, Valentine's Day is a day. Halloween is a day. Easter is a day. New Year's is a year. It's a, it's a full year. It, well, and it's, and, it's, and it's a year. It's a year long. It's like 365 days long. So, you know, on day 46 of 2024, it's still the new year. It's still early in this new year. So, and I think, Struds, that you've got to be less angry and more happy in life because all <laughs> someone wants to say is Happy New Year. Struds, I hope you're having a fantastic new year. I hope it's treating you well. I hope you won the lotto. I hope your wife kissed you this morning. I hope you had your favorite dinner for dinner tonight. Happy New Year, buddy. I got a season's greetings two days ago. <laughs> season's greetings excuse me i reject your season's greeting and take it with your cheers as well like there's just got to be a point where there's got to be some kind of a standard we all accept or it's anarchy and we don't need anarchy when it comes to greetings when you see each other shogger it's different though struds like I, it's it's like someone saying to you hey like i hope i hope it's a new year for all of us and i hope that your new year is going well New Year is a concept. New Year is, it's a turning of the page. Everybody, in a way, is starting fresh. And it's a way of saying, I hope that the new year we're all experiencing, I hope yours personally, is good. Happy New Year. Your wish, it's not, you think about it as the past. You think about it as a greeting that was only appropriate for, you know, the, the night before New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. It's, right. think about it moving forward too. I wish you, Struds. Brownie and I and Zuby and all of our people on our Weiss Johnson stream, we wish you, Struds, a happier new year. I will accept it till Sunday night at midnight. And after that, I will reject said wishes of okay, wellness. What, what are we allowed to say? Because we're not allowed to say Happy New Year. Season greetings. Cheers. Oh, hello. Is no, hello no, allowed no. in the Strudwick no. house? No, no. I have no problem. Season greetings when appropriate is perfect. Let's say it's April 12th and I crack out Christmas tunes. Is that appropriate? But Christmas is isn't a, it's a day. Like that's, it's that's a, a season no, no. is a season. It's, you know what? It's, it's a playoff season. Can't you say season greetings at the playoff time? It's a holiday season. That's what Christmas is. So there's many days. You can wish Merry Christmas anytime in December. Hmm. All that being said, I, I mean, your grumpiness is notable. But I actually think you're being too generous. I actually think it should end. But I do believe it should end before the seventh. I, oh, I do think that. 
I even felt weird today. On the fourth, I felt a little bit weird. And, you know, my buddy that I was talking to today also felt it was a little bit weird. So I think like fourth, fifth is the range where we need to shut it down. So as much as we're making fun of you for being grumpy, I'm actually kind of on team strutty here. But but I'm not, let's be clear, I'm not grumpy. I'm just trying to get an idea of what everyone's going to do. I stopped <laughs> oh, saying Oh, he's not it. grumpy, Brownie. <laughs> I stopped not saying grumpy. I'm not, not accepting your happy new year. The hell with you. I reject. I reject it. I'm not when, grumpy. When the echoes stop from singing Old Lang Syne at midnight on that evening, New Year's Eve, that's the last time I said Happy New Year's. I'm not, I'm not bringing it out. And I texted out to a couple of people, but I didn't keep on. Like these guys just keep on. It's like the people whose birthdays celebrate for three weeks. Whoa, You're turning whoa, 36. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's a 36th birthday. Strides, my 44th birthday, it was a decade. Okay, I'm still yeah. separate celebrating yeah. my week-long extravaganza. Twenty-seventh <laughs> birthday, we're acting like it's like uh, you walked on water, you know, like a month. Strutty's world Jeez. brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. Brownie, thank you kindly, my friend. Appreciate the story tonight. Uh, I guarantee it's our gem of the night. Love you, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Love you too. Cheers, Shogger. Yeah. Happy New Year, Struts. Oh. Rejected, and you're welcome, Brownie. Good day. <laughs> uh, we'll take a lap coming up next. Time to talk about your mortgage? It doesn't have to be a daunting conversation. With over 16 years in the industry, Maria Gallus with Maximal Mortgages knows how to make it easy. With access to dozens of different lenders, let Maria customize the perfect solution for you. Whether you're purchasing, refinancing, or renewing, or a first-time buyer, Maria's simplistic approach and expert advice will have you feeling confident you're in great hands making informed decisions. Take the stress out of your mortgage journey. Contact Maria Gallus at mortgagesbymaria.ca. That's mortgagesbymaria.ca. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use a promo code FERGUSON to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. Lots of great comments coming in on the Weiss Johnson stream. We'll get to a couple right now. We'll remind you that Weiss Johnson has 45 years in the business. So should you need a new furnace, garage heater, air conditioner, hot water tank, or any of those things serviced, Weiss Johnson is the place to go. Edmonton's number one choice for heating, air conditioning, and plumbing services. Give them a call, 780-463-3096. Weiss Johnson, Weiss Johnson, Okay, Struddy, I will say you're getting a fair amount of support on the Weiss Johnson stream over this one. Uh, Where do we got here? January 2nd, it is over, says Chad Jenkins. JL, trolling, says Happy New Year and cheers to you, Struds. Davin says it's a new year. So I I think he's siding with us on that one. Uh, what else do we got? Lots of cheers. Happy New Year's coming your way, Struddy, I will say. Uh, Struddy, what if the first is on a Friday? Do you stop the following Monday? So just Friday well, no, to I'm Monday? 
Well, I, I, I'm trying to, uh, like, I need a number of days. Like, I, I've now gone out to seven, which I think is crazy. It's too much. I didn't want to seem too crazy. So uh, maybe four or five is the right number. But it does feel, I guess it depends where the weekend falls. Maybe because we all kind of go back to work Monday, right? Everyone kind of just gets going again. Yeah. School starts. Maybe we need to have that, that type of buffer. Jay says, I agree with Strud's fully. Shane Matheson says, Struddy's New Year's resolution. Get everyone to stop saying Happy New Year. Uh, Penner's Pancakes <laughs> is on your side. I agree with Struddy too. Uh, Jay, the New Year should start in the spring. New life, new year, or rebirth of plant life and animals. I don't know what you meant by that one there, JL. And Harry Polinski, who just dropped into the stream, says, what did I just walk into? Harry, you'll have to listen back in podcast form. It's It's been a pod so far. Thanks for all your contributions. We'll get to more of them coming up in our Ask Us Anything segment. For now, it is time to take a lap. And I need to find that read because it has gone missing on me. Brought to you by Backscape, the product that is taking the online world by storm right now. It really is everywhere. Are you seeing it everywhere? There you see one being modeled by my brother, Rob. Water-resistant, rechargeable shaver, coupled with the long handle, lets you take care of business on your own. Shave in any direction, no bumps or cuts. It's easy, it's awesome. Right now, big sale going on too, 30 to 50% off. Uh, that's backscape.com. Choose from a variety of packages delivered right to your door. Use the got your back the GYB pod promo code and you'll get an even better deal. Struds, two storylines, my friend. Where are we going? Well, it's great to have top end players. Uh, now the problem is that with the salary cap being so kind of stagnant the last number of years, when those players get new contracts, they eat up a lot of their deal. So you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. Next year they'll have Austin Matthews at 13 million with four years left on his contract. Jonathan Tavares at 11 million with one year left on his contract. Mitch Marner at 11 million with one year left on his contract as well. Both UFAs after that. And now the rumors going around that William Nylander is negotiating or looking to negotiate with the Leafs an eight-year deal around 11 million plus. So Drake's that would be 11 and a quarter or more. 11, so yeah, so just, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying Ooh. to keep the math simple for, for yeah, us. Yeah, sure. So they could have four players going into next season north of $11 million. So three $11 million, one at 13. Now, to be fair, Marner's coming off. I can't see him getting less than $11 million. And then you got Johnson Tavares comes off as well after that year. But this team, now there are some other issues. They have guys like Klinberg that are an LTIR that are coming off. Matt Murray will come mm -hmm. off. But those that money's already kind of buried. So it's not like it's blocking them anywhere. Um they have TJ Brody coming off. Their defense is very much a work in progress. Their goaltending is very fluid right now, I'd say. It sounds like Joseph Wall will be the starter. He would be cheap next year, so that would help maybe deflect some of that. Uh, and to be fair, Nylander is going from seven to eleven million, so that's four million dollars mm -hmm. that they'd have to make for make 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 room for, and that would allow for a lot of room to improve the rest of your team. So. I get like I like Nylander. I like I like his dad. I like him as a player. He's a nice guy. But four guys north of eleven million dollars in the same team with where the caps out now and the help they need in their blue line, Shogger, that to me is getting awfully tight in a hurry. Yeah, completely agree. He's having just an unreal year in a contract year, and yeah. that's good for him, man. Good for him. But it really makes you see the value in placing bets. Organizations have to be willing to place some bets. The Edmonton Oilers placed a bet on Leon Dreisaitl. 
Right? Mm. They did early in his career, coming off a really good playoff, but they placed a bet. And they gave him money that some people raised their eyebrow at. But when you are willing to place those bets with high-end players and you're right, the potential payoff is massive. Look at the cap payoff on Leon Dreisaitl compared to had they done a three- or four- or five-year deal. Oh, yeah. And so you remember the last contract negotiation with Nylander, right? They had the chance to place the bet and, and didn't, and, and you understand it. But it just shows the value in how much payoff there can be in placing a bet with these high-end guys. Now, after next season, John Tavares comes off from a million, and there's that'll come down significantly. Like, I believe that it'll come down in a hurry. Uh, to to if he resigns, which he is the captain, maybe it'd be, I believe, at least less than half, at least. And yeah. knowing how much he's made already, I'm guessing you take what those other guys have done, like those home down discounts. So we could be talking about a third. So that's a massive amount of money coming in. But for next year alone, I think it's a really tough spot. And I, I've said it at the time, I'll say it now, signing John Tavares to that contract, although it felt good and it's, you know, he for the most part, he's played well and been a good leader for that team. That money, I believe it screwed up the contracts for Nylander, Marner, and Austin Matthews. Going to be fascinating moving forward. They have the talent up front to be a true cup contender and to do it for a long time. But peace and everything else in place to get them there and to be able to compete with the best teams. Going to be interesting to see the way they navigate that here over the next next season or so. What's next, Dreds? Injuries are a brutal part of hockey. Now, you know, you hurt your shoulder, you get surgery out for a few months or or your knee or whatever. You know, you had cases like Jack Eichel where it's, you know, it's a, a neck mm -hmm. and you had to get a uh, special surgery done. But mm -hmm. there is one guy who actually could have been a relentless player uh, for the night. And I didn't want to use him because I'm using him for this, but he should have been. I'm talking about Mac, Matt Pacioretty. August 10th, 2022, blows his Achilles out working out, gets a surgery, um, and then has to wait a long time to come back, plays five games of the next year, and it happens again on January 19th, 2023. Crazy. And now here he is, January 4th, 2024, comes back tonight, had signed a contract with Washington for $2 million, and plays tonight. I think he played like, I would say, 12, 13 minutes. Um, and they need goal scorers. They need scoring big time. I believe they're one of the bottom three scoring teams in the NHL. But just the fact that he came back after the similar type injuries that are that, – that, that's a massive injury. Once, twice, it could have been career-ending. I'll be cheering for Pacioretty to get through the season healthy. And he's 35 years old, so there's not a lot of you know tread left on these tires, Shogger. But – the fact that he's come back from not one but two injuries like this, um, that is pure relentlessness based, based on that. Yeah, I totally agree. Like those Achilles injuries, man, those are gruesome and tough and I imagine pretty damn painful. And you, you, I mean, how do you not think about it every stride? I mean, you're stressing and straining that Achilles every time you push off on a skate. But to come back once, you know how much work it is? Then the <sighs> second time you know exactly how much work it is, and you got to do it again. And pretty crazy, actually. I, I didn't realize this. I was reading up on him today. Uh, he and his wife have five kids. <laughs> oh, wow. Can you imagine managing <laughs> five kids? Yeah. And they look very young. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing they're 10 and under. Let's just say they're 10 and under. And you're managing five kids, <laughs> two injuries like that, moving because he was in Carolina. Well, he was yeah. 
because he went from home. Uh, uh, was, wasn't it Vegas, Canadians Carolina to Vegas, Carolina, Washington. and then we've got his now now here to uh, Washington, Washington. So dragging five kids, not dragging, moving five kids around. Now they, I'm sure a couple have been more recent, but I mean that that to me, maybe that's the relentless award. <laughs> five kids, <laughs> him and his wife. <laughs> yeah, his wife, Mrs. Pacioretty. Yeah, she is the relentless player of the year. Uh, his games played totals too. The last three years, so think about how much time he spent rehabbing. Forty-eight games in twenty twenty-one, thirty-nine in twenty-one twenty-two, five in twenty-two twenty-three, and now he's got one game in here this season. So yeah, definitely cheering for good things for him. Good player, man. Back man in his day. Real good power forward. Really, really good. Some of those days with the Montreal Canadiens. All right, that was Taking a Lap, brought to you by Backscape. Zuby, we don't have another commercial break, right? We're rolling right through to ask us anything? Correct. Lost track of where we're at here. We're rolling right through. Okay, lots of great uh, action coming in on the Weiss Johnson stream tonight. So Zuby will hop in here and we'll get to some of that. It'll be brought to you by the Shark of the Park, Rini Buclan of Maxwell Devonshire Realty. Whether you're buying or selling a home, your success hinges on the expert advice and service provided by your real estate agents. Rini's committed to providing clients with professional services based on experience, knowledge, and skills. Call her for a no-obligation quote, 780-994-0280. Do we have any good suggestions on skills uh, for uh, Strud's and the, the skills competition, Zuby? There was only uh, one that I saw, and it is oh, a good one. Oh, come on, people. It, maybe there was more, but there was one that I saw that caught my eye. Bison Mask Guy said, Strutty hot dog eating contest versus Joey Chestnut and Phil Kessel. And I, I would pay to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mostly have hot dogs around the campfire or after 2 a.m. <laughs> what, awesome. what about at Costco? No, I've never nope. got one there. Not at a no, Costco? Really oh, my Costco. goodness. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I'm not a Costco eater either. I have never walked out of Costco having eaten and felt great about myself or in general. <laughs> well, of course not. When their choices are pizza, chicken fingers, or uh, a Polish hot dog, no, no chance. Um, so uh, obviously, Zuby, you and you and uh, you and Struddy blast your way through this, and I'll uh, I'll sit back and let you guys have at her. I think we're going to need you on a fair bit because obviously, being no a no, not a game night tonight, it's lots of yep. um, sp sort of speculative and um, and. Uh, of things of that nature. So let's start with right out of the gate before we even came on the air. Penner's Pancakes uh, was right in here with a question that I turned into a poll. I'll give you the poll results after, but I'll give you the question first. You guys can each come in on this. You're the Oilers GM and can only make one move to tweak the roster, let's say right now. Um, what is it? The choices were um, backup goalie, reliable veteran, uh, third line center, or upgrade the D? My choice isn't on there. Ooh. Oh, what's yours? You can go other. I think other. Um, I think they still need a top six forward, a top six right winger potentially. Uh, because they've got a third line center if they need one in McLeod, right? They, they, It's not like they don't have an option for that third line center position. And who knows how long this will last on the wing. It's working for now. The goaltending has stabilized. Skinner might be the guy heading into the playoffs. And I don't know if you're going to make a trade to supplant him from that role. The blue line, these pairings have been together forever and they're doing, I'm not saying they don't need an upgrade, but right now in this moment, right now, they're a top six forward short for me. Ready? Yeah, that's really well said. I, I would, 
tend to agree with that. Um, but I still like a third line center. I, I really do. I just think someone that can just munch minutes and take some pressure off the two big guys, especially someone that can really help with draws. Not that they're struggling in draws, but I'd love to see a right shot center that can play that position. Good stuff. So the results uh, on the stream where we had 71 votes and uh, third line center got 50% of the vote, backup goalie 30 and upgrade the D 18. And that, that's a terrible, those percentages do not, that doesn't work, right? That's like 2%. Obviously there's some fractions in there on my, uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> there like, you go. Uh, all right. Um, and actually, interestingly enough, then sort of on that same topic re- related to the goaltending, Shane Matheson said, would you trade for a backup with a 904 save percentage and 2A2 goals against average? Um, and I think the, the reference there is those are Pickard's numbers. Wouldn't, w- would you trade for that or would you just be happy that that's what you had in a backup? Well, at his salary too, right? You have to factor that into those numbers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the money is huge, right? You, 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 there's only so much to move around. You know, I, 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 I'm stand by my comment. I think they'll buy out Campbell in the off season. Um, I know that won't be popular, but it's just too expensive. The assets to move them out. Um, so I'm guessing, I'm guessing that's what happens. So I, 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 the more time that goes along, I think it's important to give Rodriguez a chance. So you can see what you have there because maybe mm-hmm. these are your three guys. You try to beef up mm-hmm. the forwards and let's go. Davin had a great comment he just threw in, and it's a really good point. And it's Ken Holland's job to keep a really close eye on this when he's determining his needs. The D are upgrading themselves. I think that's a great point, Struds, where they were, where they are, and where they might be by March. Well, we've talked internal growth, right? Darren A, check. Bouchard, check. Uh, McLeod, check. Um, Kulak, well, he's been been good. Yeah. Like he's he's well, been okay. But I don't think we were talking about internal growth. Like we and Skinner and like those young players have. Been oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, the younger guys. Yeah, internal growth. I think the only player we're missing would be Holloway, right? He'd yeah. Be the, or, or I guess Fogel's. You know, some internal growth yeah. there as well, right? Some most of the guys you know what you're going to get, uh, or we're hoping you know what you're going to get. If I can dovetail into Strud's, you mentioned um, buying out that you think that the likely end for Jack Campbell is a buyout this summer. Dre- uh, Darren Drager said a few weeks ago um, that he thought that Broberg could be the sweetener to move Jack Campbell's contract. So the quest, I guess the question would be, this is a Zuby original. Um, if you could move Jack Campbell's contract, Broberg's the sweetener and you don't have to give up anything else, do you, would you do that? I don't think that's what it would be. And I don't think Dregs was necessarily suggesting that. But Philip Broberg, for a guy that's going to be a $10 million buyout, I'm not sure that gets it done, Strudy. I think it's more expensive than that to buy cap space and to get someone to do that. Well, I, I think at some point here, you know, if, if they don't trade Broberg, they have to make a home for him. Yeah. So that means someone on the left side is out. And I'm guessing it's Kulak, right? It's, it's a money saver. You probably shave off... Off the top of my head, $1.7 million, right? By moving that player out and putting Broberg in there. So I think that that's the risk. Now, the problem is that's the money you save if you buy out Campbell, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's like you tra- you're basically trading Kulak away and you get an asset back because I think Kulak has value at that cap hit. Not a ton, you get something back and then you, 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 that'd be the cost to, to get rid of Campbell. 
I'm going to take one here, Zuby. An interesting comment from Susan on the stream talking about the question mark Spectre asked to Stuart Skinner. Um, precarious on reasons why Spec is the constant negative Nancy interviewing the Oilers. He's obviously following the direction from someone to be the antagonist. The players totally get it. Susan, thank you very much for the contribution. I I'm going to disagree here. So if you read Spec's article that he wrote today, very complimentary to Stuart Skinner, Part of the problem with our interviews being broadcast start to finish is that, you know, fans can hear every single question that we ask. The narrative on Stuart Skinner is very positive right now, but to properly tell a Stuart Skinner story, Struds, you have to ask him about the adversity. You have to ask him about the journey. If you want to write a column or tell a story about Stuart Skinner, it has to be about his whole year. And so as a reporter, you have to stand there and ask him questions about when it was tough because him pushing through that toughness is a huge part of that story. But then fans hear us ask those questions and they're like, why are you being so negative? We are storytellers. And sometimes you have to ask about tough things in order to have people talk about their journey. It's all Spec was doing today, Struds. I, and I asked him some of those questions too today. I don't actually think that's that hard of a question. If I'm being completely no. honest. I, I don't say they could... That's not really the team's playing really well. He's feeling good about himself. You asked that question, um, you know, three months ago or whatever it is. That's probably a lot harder. One well, that's to, just it. We're out. asking it now because yeah. you wouldn't yeah. do that in the moment because yeah. that would be piling on, right? I, I, and with all due respect to Susan, I believe that that is more of a reputational point made about Mark Spector because sure. he, he does he does ask hard questions, and you know, as a player, you know, sometimes these questions are coming. Right? It's not a real surprise. Like it's, but that one today, I wouldn't. If if I was in that room, and Skinner said, "Oh man, this player, this this reporter is asking me this question," I'd be like, "What's a big deal, man? Yeah. You're playing great." But make no mistake, because I, I think what I would say on the flip side of that is, yeah, there's some hard times, but he was revered last year, right? He was he was he had such a good year, and he's he's now found his game again. So I think there's always two sides. There's the good and the bad. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I played for the Oilers, we weren't the best team, but I was playing for my home team. And I was, um, you know, for, I think for the most part, especially when I wasn't playing very well liked in the community, you know, and I think that I, and that's the part you have to go with, right? There's, there's always yeah. good and bad in every relationship with, with, with uh, fans. And I find it quite honestly, it was way more good than bad. I don't want to make it seem like I was unhappy with the fans. There's always good, way more good than bad. You guys still there? You Sorry, froze you there. You froze there for a second, Shogger. Go ahead. Okay. You got me now, though? Yes. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Not sure what happened there. Um, and it's pulling the curtain back a little bit on our process and the way we do it. And this none of this is about us. But I And I really appreciate the question, Susan. And people will say, well, it's more a reputational thing with spec. And, you know, fans will have their opinion on the different media guys and how we go about our business. But it's funny, man. There was a day when columnists and reporters were judged by what they put to air. Like, what did I say on SportsCenter today? That is what should matter. What did Spec write today? That is what should matter. But it's different now, Struds. We're judged on the questions that we ask in the locker room because that's what fans are consuming through the day. They're hearing every ounce of that. When we're just we're just baking the cake, man. And sometimes you got to get a little messy to ask tough questions. But your overall narrative is, is you know, truly what you're about. And so it's just, it's just very different. A little bit inside baseball there, but Susan, thanks for the contribution. We appreciate that. Zuby, a couple more and then we'll wrap it. Sure. I think she might be Suzanne, by the way. We might have to say apologies if it's Suzanne, by the way. Um, couple couple here from the Bison Mask guy who's uh, speaking my language tonight. 
Um, ask us anything. Is the Oilers, are the Oilers' current lines more structured for regular season hockey than playoff hockey? Struts? Well, I, don't, I don't know about that. I mean, I... I like in what way? Like I, I, I like big, fast wingers, right? They can skate, and and they have that, um, you know, on on on. I guess f- uh, six of the, the top six wingers are all pretty big and all pretty fast, right? They're not some of them aren't monsters, but they all work hard and skate. Um, I don't know. I I think he's put it together what's working the best, but I I do think that there's a hole in that three C. So I do. If that's what you're asking about, then yes. That is not a complete line. Lines, Shogger. Yeah, uh, fully disclosing, I did not hear that question. I was reading a comment on the stream, so I missed that okay. one. Zuby, okay. two more, and we'll wrap it up, buddy. Okay, um, on Holloway, uh, Condors, Condors play back-to-back Friday, Saturday. This is Bison guy. Assuming Holloway will be back up on Monday, do you think it's going to be that soon, or is there a, a longer-term plan in place for him? I'd wait. I'd wait. There's no rush. I don't see what the rush is. I, I'd play the hell out of them. You know, um, I think right now, Shogger, I can guess. I'm just, this is my opinion. The only way he gets called up is if there's an injury. Um, I will disagree with that. I will say if he plays well this weekend, and let's say the Oilers, yeah, because, yeah, I mean, the Oilers are probably going to beat the Senators. I asked Knobloch today about changing the winning lineup. Because, Struds, I know you're big on this. And he does not want to change a winning lineup. He absolutely does not. So until they need to, like, he'll be recalled when he's ready to get off the plane and step into the lineup. I don't think he's going to be recalled to be hauled around as a healthy scratch. So part of it is how the Oilers do. And if their winning continues, that coach is not going to want to change his winning lineup. So injury or lineup change. And Dylan Holloway will get the recall. Okay, and a final, this is so so quick hitter to finish it up. Um, apparently both Connor Brown and Cody Cece had some moments uh, at the skills competition this evening. So the question is, who scores first in an NHL game, Connor Brown or Cody Cece? <laughs> they, they've both had a couple chances the last little while, but I'm going Connor Brown, guys. I, I feel like he's starting to get going. I, I really, I really do. Um, I'm going Connor Brown. And I think also it comes from desire that if he can, oh my God, it just helps solve some problems for sure. Yeah. Somebody on the stream earlier tonight said, because Connor Brown scored on a breakaway tonight, but it was on Ben Scrivens. (laughs) 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 The orders had some alumni out for the skills competition. Uh, Is that it, Chris, or you got one more? Now that's, I think that's all we got for now. That will wrap up. Close up the mailbag. Perfect. That was Ask Us Anything brought to you by Rini Buclan, the shark of the park. And that will wrap up the podcast. As we exit, we will do our gem of the night. No questions asked about our gem of the night tonight. The podcast is called Got Your Back because while we talk about hockey a lot, we also love getting stories from people about a time in their life where somebody had their back, right? That's our concept. If you ever want to send us one of your stories, gybpod at gmail.com, we'll read them right here on the podcast. We love hearing those stories. And Struds, we heard an amazing story tonight from Rob Brown. Yeah, you know, it's it's a very intimate uh, story he shared and, and it, you know, obviously a huge part of his life. Um, I appreciated the story. I know many others did as well. So thanks, Brownie. Love it. Absolutely love it. Thanks for all your contributions on the live stream and our Weiss Johnson uh, mentions. 
Uh, and a big thanks to our title sponsor, Sherwood Buick GMC, as well as all of our other sponsors. Oilers next action Saturday night against the Ottawa Senators. I believe our plan as of right now is to drop a post-game pod. It's a bit of a late game, but I think we're going to give it a go and then potentially even another one on Sunday. So tons of content coming your way. Keep it tuned to all of our socials. Like, subscribe, leave us a review. It's all very much appreciated. Have a great finish tonight. Cheers. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy everybody. Halloween. Happy New Year, everybody.